Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tech Chit Chat Show. This is episode nine. My name is Ken, and you can find me on Northern Viking Every Day and Northern Viking Explorer on YouTube. I am here with my co-host, Stephen, 8-Bit Warrior on Twitter, and Stephen Loney on YouTube. How are you this morning, Stephen? I'm doing well, thank you. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. I got. Yeah. Uh, I was out and about this weekend, and I saw a beaver. I oh, did. <laughs> so that was fun. <laughs> 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 it's okay. just sitting there beside the path. I got a good picture of it too. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh Canada. Yeah. Oh Canada. Well <laughs> if you watch if you watched or listened to us a few weeks ago, the beaver chewed through the uh internet line for a northern town here in British Columbia. So I was taking a close look that he wasn't uh chewing through my internet cables. Yeah, I, I know you've had some internet woes in your neighborhood neighborhood there, so uh were you out looking for the neighborhood beaver to see who's yeah. responsible? Making sure he's not, not cutting out my, my internet so we can do this show today. <laughs> you got your coffee? I do. I remember remember this not week. Not like yeah. last week with our magical <laughs> editing. I remembered. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm just going to jump right into it because I, uh, anyway, robotic third eyes. <laughs> <laughs> do you need a robotic third eye, Stephen? No, do I? I don't know. Have you ever well, walked into a wall or? I've walked into a pole, so maybe. Why do you <laughs> I'm, ask? <laughs> I'm glad you were able to admit that. <laughs> like I've stepped off curbs and things, but yeah, uh, yeah, and that didn't feel very nice because I wasn't paying attention. I haven't walked into. Uh, I've walked into the short poles, <laughs> <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> that sounds worse than tall than the tall poles. Tall I mean. pole. <laughs> this is kind of hard to say. Tall, tall pole. <laughs> well, <laughs> so the reason I'm asking is, someone has invented a strap-on beeping robotic third eye that you put on your forehead to help you walk and text. So this is very useful if you are someone who likes to walk and text. And um, what it does, <laughs> it it senses when you are looking down and then the eye opens up and flashes and gives you warnings if you're going to walk into a wall or a pylon or, or something like that. Right. It does not detect manholes yet, open yes. manholes. Yes, so which probably also means that it wouldn't help you from step stepping off curbs awkwardly, as you mentioned. Correct. Um, so that's <laughs> not yet a thing, but I guess for me, walking in the poles and things, it would it would have helped me potentially. I mean, that's <laughs> well. Honestly, all I can think of right now is Michael Scott from The Office falling into the koi pond. Um on his way to a business meeting. So if you're headed to a business meeting and you don't want to walk into a koi pond, this could definitely maybe except help you, you out. Except you need to walk to the business meeting with the third eye on your <laughs> That's true, but you could take it off when you get to the business meeting. That's true, it's true, it's true. It's true. I guess you don't want to wear it in the business meeting, but well <laughs> maybe it'll let you know if you're uh if you're not paying attention in the business meeting, that it's time for you to talk. That's version 2.0. 2.0. <laughs> well, no. So, do, can you? Uh, 
Okay. I feel like there's, hmm. I feel like there might be a better solution. Like, remember Google Glasses that yeah. didn't really take off? Like maybe a warning system in something like that would have been a good idea that starts flashing when you're gonna walk into a pole or something. Yeah, it feels like this is reminding me of like now of like electric like Tesla cars with like auto driving and trying to detect things and stuff and now they're just strapping it to your head and you're trying to automate your walking. Can we be humans? Can we huh. do we need <laughs> All it has to do is save one life. Okay. <laughs> but what if it destroys? <laughs> No, I, I don't know. It's it. But I wanted to say like this seems to be, um, part of a uh, kind of more of a prototype. Kind of a, it seems that a student worked on this and made this. I don't think it's anything to be real life production or anything at the moment. So yeah. we can have fun with it, but it seems to be something that a student or someone has made. Well, engineer. yeah, no, for sure. It's and I, I think it's, I, I think it's a cool. Um, uh, it's a a student built it at London Royal London's mm -hmm. Royal College of Art, mm -hmm. and yeah. um, I mean honestly, I think more power to the person who built this that they were able to go out and build something like that. I think it's pretty yeah. awesome. Um, yeah. Technology is amazing, and maybe this isn't the thing I'd strap to my head for looks, <laughs> but the technology is pretty cool that it'll actually warn you of that kind of stuff. And I, I mean, I think the technology you're seeing it in cars and everything where it's warning you, it'll slow down the car yeah. automatically before you hit other cars or different things like that. So I think it more speaks to the technology that's behind it. And I, I think it's kind of cool that they were able to kind of come up with this, whether you would use it or not. <laughs> You know, and we laugh because it right now it looks like kind of an obtrusive thing on your forehead, and yeah, and it, you know, we say that we wouldn't wear that in public, but there are people who just might. We just might see that, like, yeah. you know, yeah. So awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll move on. Yeah, we've gone through beavers and third robotic eyes. Yep. Let's move on to Twitter. <laughs> it's a Monday morning, people, or probably. <laughs> maybe Tuesday morning or a different day when you're watching or listening to this, but we're recording on a Monday morning. Mm -hmm. It's time to move on to Twitter blue. <laughs> Boy, this is a rough start today. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter blue. This is more up your alley, Steven. Mm -hmm. So Twitter, let me uh, pull this back up here. Twitter may be working on a new subscription service called Twitter blue that could be somewhere around $2.99 um, per month. Now, I don't use Twitter as much as you do. I use right. it mostly to find news articles. I tweet the odd thing, but it's typically something I've done on a different platform. Right. Um, but what are your thoughts on this? No, I am for this. I, yeah, I am a heavy Twitter user. Out of all the social media platforms, this is the one that works most for myself. Um, and for two ninety nine per month, if it came with extra perks, including removing uh, ad based um, tweets and stuff, I'd be willing to uh, 
yeah, I'm all, I would, we, I'd be totally willing to pay $2.99 a month for uh, an improved Twitter experience. Um, they had mentioned in the article too about uh, ability, ability to undo tweets, which I'm wondering if that means to like edit tweets. I don't know. I mean, that would be huge. People have been asking that for a long time and so, make it part. So right yeah. now, do you, you can only just delete your tweet? Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You have to delete it. Um, yeah. There's no way to edit tweets at the moment. Um, the other thing mentioned in this article was about like allowing for now it already allows for bookmarks in Twitter, but for bookmark collections, this is something I would actually use because now I use bookmarks because I don't want to like, like things. I just want to bookmark them to reference them later, especially more for journalism. Okay. Um, for journalism needs. Uh, and I think Twitter is probably a very good tool for journalism and you just don't want one monolithic bookmark thing. You want to mm -hmm. be able to organize it like, like in a web browser, you know, like in being able to collect, um, organize your, your bookmarks. Right. Yeah. So you want to argue, you know, can this be part of the free model? Well, no, why not add some paid perks to these platforms? I'd rather have this than be just shown ads all the time. I'd rather have yeah. like some perks like this. So for myself, for $2.99, this sounds great. Um, and but also as mentioned, like even the uh, uh, the tip jar. Yeah, so I think that was not, I don't know if that was a paid feature. It was, this was talking about other announcements from Twitter. So there was some other cool ones, um, a new photo or improving the photo cropping algorithm, um, Android users for, um, search for direct messages, but rolling out a tip jar feature, which I thought was cool. I mean, there's so many, I used to, you know, buy a newspaper and you'd read a newspaper and that would support the, the journalist. But now so many people in that industry have lost their jobs and they're freelancers and it's hard to make ends meet. And if someone writes a good article, I still follow a lot of those people that I may have used to read in the newspaper. And if someone creates a good article, you can hopefully give them money in a tip jar down the road. Yeah. And maybe some of that money that you used to spend on a newspaper, you could forward in their direction. I think that's, I mean, the ways of the digital world are changing and um, people still need to make a living. Yeah. Yeah. And I think. And that, yeah. No, that, that's the thing I was thinking about is like right now, Twitter there's a lot of technically like content creators and stuff on there, but they're not mm -hmm. getting paid through Twitter. At least that I know directly, you have to take it from Twitter and quickly uh, take it off somewhere else that will be able to monetize what you do. Yeah. Um, Twitter doesn't, hasn't had a way to directly keep people on Twitter to support them. Mm -hmm. um, and I just think this is great to be able to tip creators and stuff to incentivize that. Yeah. Um, I'm for this. Uh, yeah. Even if people, even if people say that some of these features should be part of the free thing, well, who's to say? If it's a free service you're using, um, don't expect anything. For, like, I mean, I'd rather, I'd rather Twitter make money off subscription models than to be dependent on ads all the time. It'd be yeah. cool to see ads clear up and actually have more people paying money. And I'm okay so, with that as long as they also keep a free version for those who aren't power mm -hmm. Twitter users. Like, mm -hmm. I wouldn't pay for it just because. I just like I scroll enough. through it to look for some articles and some yeah. sports scores and things, but I don't, I'm not on there all the time. So, yeah. And the, I mean, even with Twitter, there's like, I try to explain to people, they're like, oh, I've been on Twitter, but I don't, I don't have anything to post. I don't know what they're writing. I'm like, well, you, you don't have to. Yeah. There, there is a segment of Twitter where you're just observing, you're just watching, mm -hmm. you're just an observer. You're not engaging 
you don't have to. Yeah. Um, and I think for those who are heavy Twitter users and like engaged in it, this makes more sense. Not for the casual person who's just reading yeah. through like yourself. Well, it's very powerful for finding information. If you follow all, if you're into tech, if you follow all the tech sites, you yeah. can get a lot of information on there right at your fingertips without having to go to each of those websites and scrolling through them. All the right. stuff is there, the titles, you can just click on the articles or different things mm -hmm. that you're interested in. So that's mm -hmm. where it definitely does become very powerful. Yeah. So any more to say on Twitter? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, really. I'm curious to see where this goes. Um, yeah. Maybe we can touch on it in the future if more comes out, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious. Just, I'm, I kind of want to keep tabs on this. Yeah. So. Awesome. Yeah. Imposter. Oh. MSI. <laughs> the MSI <laughs> imposter. Uh oh. What happened here, Stephen? Oh, yeah. So this is actually. So MSI is a company that uh, they sell like video cards and things like that. The very hard computer hardware things and they have a yeah motherboards and i can't remember if they do ram or not i'm kind of drawing a blank here but you're right motherboards video cards um probably some other stuff that i can't recall but video cards is the main one for me i might even have one or two msi video cards here um but they have a software tool for video cards that you can download called msi afterburner which i personally use myself which allows, gives um, information about the video card or GPU that you're using in your computer and allows you to change like the CPU frequency, the memory frequency, the um, uh, fan uh, curve ramps and stuff. So you can change the fan speed of your GPUs and, and even like various, you know, things that you can tweak. So it's been really cool. A lot of people use this tool. And recently MSI put out a article saying, hey, somebody has, um, made a fake site impersonating us to look like us. And they're allowing for a download of MSI Afterburner or apparently, and they're saying, hey, watch out for this site because it's very possible that they that this software is including key loggers, malicious uh, spyware, such things as mm -hmm. that. So be on guard against uh, this just fake. Um, now yeah. I'm wondering, it, it could even be like a legit version of MSI Afterburner um, with, I'm not gonna, uh, yeah, I'm not gonna go test this out. I'm not gonna go check this myself. But with it something could, added on, like yeah. malicious stuff added to it, yeah. Yeah, so they could be at MSI Afterburner packaged with additional stuff. You run the install and it installs MSI Afterburner, so you don't know any difference. And it's also installed a keylogger at the same time. Yeah. So MSI, this is kind of a public service announcement for anyone who is uh, who uses this program. Make sure you're downloading your software from the actual legit site because mm -hmm. um, it seems that these companies uh these uh, fake groups are trading it looks legit yeah. it looks real and if you're not careful looking at the url you may be duped into downloading a i don't even know if i've been duped because i've downloaded this and sometimes i'm i'm on the actual msi afterburners like site and i've been like is this legit yeah like and yeah and so i may have even been duped at some point i don't know one thing, I mean, I, when I download software, I, to the best of my ability, try to download it from the actual developer site rather yeah. than go to a third party site. Uh, I know some of the third, there's many 
legit third-party sites out there. It's just for myself, I feel the most comfortable downloading it directly from the site that has developed it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, you never know where you're gonna get get hacked or where you're gonna get some spyware put on your computer. Well, um, this is this is where this is interesting because they this um, group has tried to make tried to get your trust. They try to make it look like a first party site. Mm -hmm. Right. They, they're trying to hide the fact that they're not um, a legit site. And so and they're trying to get even people who like yourself, who want only the first party site, they're trying to get you to download it too. Yeah. They want to, they want to do you. Um, yeah. So oh, for sure. So, and I, I appreciate MSI putting out the news thing saying, Hey, watch out. Don't fall for this. Yeah. I'm glad that they, um, yeah. So, yeah. So good. I mean, they're a big legit company, MSI. So it's yeah. good to see that they're yeah, yeah. Um, so just to be just clear, putting this out there and being yeah. yeah. So there, the MSI Afterburner is legit. It's a real program. That's not shady. It's just a group trying to impersonate and package the yeah. software with something else malicious. Make sure that you're going to legit sites. Double check if you're unsure. Mm -hmm. um, so awesome. Yeah, you like building computers, don't you? I do. Yes, Would you I like do. to build a laptop? I don't know. Can you convince me? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Something new. Um, so modular laptops are coming out where you can put it together yourself. The IKEA of laptops. And uh, let me pull up this article here. So pre-orders for modular framework laptops are now open um, and supposed to be shipping towards the end of middle end of summer at some point, I believe. Um, where was it? Well, somewhere in the summer, <laughs> July, end of July. <laughs> and so what this is, is you can basically, you can buy a fully assembled computer, but you can also buy do-it-yourself editions starting at $749 where you put together your laptop on your own with different pieces. They're also offering reduced late rates if you have some laptop parts already. Maybe you have your own RAM or your own solid state drive or Wi-Fi card. So mm -hmm. you're able to reduce rates on those. And so they got a few different additions here um, starting at $999. Where was the next one? $1399, I believe, and $1999, just depending on the specs here after. Right. I think this is kind of cool for those of you who are interested in building your own laptop or uh, the reason I thought this was interesting is I spent the couple last few weeks at work taking part in putting together a 3D printer. Right. It's a Prusa 3D printer and you can buy it fully assembled or you can buy it in pieces. And when I say assembling this 3D printer, it's like you get bags of screws and you're assembling every little part and running the wires through the, the cracks and like the, yeah, it's, it's all pieces, just small little pieces that you're putting together. So if you're into that, this would be pretty cool. But you're, you're Swedish. You can do that. Can't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's why I only shop at Ikea. <laughs> I mean, you're a pro. You're you're used to 
Um, I mean, you go to Ikea and you have to make your own hot dog pretty much. If you're... <laughs> <laughs> I don't, yeah. yeah. Would you, would you do this? Would you buy the do it yourself edition? It depends. Um, so right now I do have a, a laptop where I already have an SSD and the RAM. And if I could carry the RAM and the SSD over, then I can get some cost down. Maybe, yeah. um, it really depends. So, I mean, cause even with, with standard laptops, you already can upgrade again, the, the memory, the RAM and the hard drive, mm -hmm. you can't do those things. Um, you can add Bluetooth adapters if you want. So this seems to be. It really depends. Like I doubt being a little technical, I'm doubting that they're allowing you, I could be wrong, but I'm doubting that they're allowing you to be able to change the graphics card in these things. Okay. Um, if, that would I mean, be a that, big one. Yeah. That would be huge to me if that was a possibility to be like, to buy it with even just integrated normal, just the uh, integrated graphics to start. And I upgraded to like, if there was any way to upgrade to a, a more discrete GPU, but I don't think that's going to be the case. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, this sounds cool and I feel like there's been companies who've tried this before. I don't think this is exactly new if I'm correct. Okay. Um, but I mean, I feel like there is a place for this, especially people who are more hands-on and like building yeah. things. Um, I think for upgrading down the road, it would be, could be useful. Yeah. And I, I'm wondering, cause like also if so. With this, if I was able to, let's say, more easily change out the the screen as well, if the screen is able to be changed out, that yeah. allows you then to have like displays like destroyed and wrecked to be able to just change out the display and not have to. Yeah, you know. or maybe I like on the screen there, you can see there's like a keyboard. Like I don't know if you your keyboard gets sticky because you spilled your orange juice in it. Can you just yeah. swap out your your yeah. uh, keyboard? And that's one of the things, like, even beyond the ability to upgrade, um, one of the reasons I love having a desktop PC is that if one of the components die, it's easier to replace that component to keep going. Mm -hmm. uh, where the laptop, you kind of have this more monolithic, like, if one piece dies, the whole thing dies. You got to basically mm -hmm. service the whole thing. Um, with our desktop PCs, it's like, okay, well, one, a RAM stick died. Okay, well, I'll just replace that RAM stick. Or a hard drive yeah. dies, replace that. Um, I, you know, some, it sucks if the motherboard dies, but the motherboard dies. Okay, I'll replace the motherboard. There's ways to more quickly replace one piece and keep going. Yeah. Um, so this allowed us to do that. And to some degree, if you need to just keep your device being reliable, um, you could even have like spare parts on hand. So let's say something dies, you just that day have yeah. your spare part on hand. If you're somebody who needs something reliable and working. Yeah. Um, so even beyond upgradability, would it have allow us to more easily keep things working. That one piece is broken, we'll fix mm -hmm. it. So that would be well, cool. Yeah, no, for sure. And you had mentioned this company, Puget Systems. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe share a little bit about them and their story because um, I think you were saying that they pulled out of the laptop market because it wasn't modular. Yeah. So. Uh, if anybody wants to know about what Hugh Puget Systems is, uh, there's a really cool video on them uh, by a YouTube channel called Smarter Every Day, where a guy named Destin goes, um, uh, interviews them, and they show what they do. It's really cool. So they customize, at this uh, last I checked, desktop PCs 
around specific needs that people have. So if it's like video editing, they'll build you a computer based around what you need for like Adobe Premiere or things like that, right? They'll benchmark things and build things spec to what you need day to day for what you're doing. So uh, according to that video I watched on them from uh, Smarter Every Day, they actually were even selling laptops, but they got out of it and it was a very sizable portion of their income, but they got mm. out of it because it didn't fit their what they do they build custom pcs they're able to with desktop pcs they're able to like swap out parts and customize things with a laptop you were stuck with more than monolithic here's what you go and they're like basically why this is not really what we do yes we can sell yeah. these to people but we're just becoming a reseller of laptops we're not customizing so i'm wondering if laptops like this would allow them to get back into that game to yeah. um customize these more modular laptops to get back into it and to build their have their own touch of building laptops to the spec that their um, their clients need yeah. so it just allows more options for people like that for just more targeted laptop devices with specific needs yeah and yeah, yeah. no it's a kind of an interesting topic i know um especially if you have specific needs and or your um hard on your computer and you need so yeah. like I said you, things maybe you are a hard typer and your keyboard wears out or um, mm -hmm. you have kids that color on your screen and you want to uh, just replace right. your screen yeah yeah <laughs> and trust me that happens yeah that's <laughs> no no legit that I that's actually you bring it up that's a really big concern if I knew that with my laptop I can swap out the screen because I don't want to have to yeah. send it for servicing with all my information on it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If I knew that I could order a new uh, screen and change it myself, because yeah. there's crayons and jiffy markers all over it. Yeah. Well, we had a laptop when our kids were little that somehow was missing many keys that we couldn't get back on and markings on the screen. So it, it definitely could be useful for that as well. Yeah. That being said, Let's move on to Windows. <laughs> that was not a very smooth transition. <laughs> but whatever, whatever. Windows <laughs> nixes Windows 10X. And I think we talked about this a couple months back. Windows 10X was a kind of, let's call it a Chrome OS competitor that they, are, they were planning on bringing out. And it sounds like they've kind of kiboshed it or shelved the idea for now, um, maybe partially because of demand and partially because of the world crisis and all sorts of things. But it was supposed to be a Chrome competitor, a kind of a light Windows 10 version. There was even some leaks kind of of what it was going to look like. And it sounds like they've kind of put that on hold for now. And they're kind of trying to keep maybe keep continuing to work on regular Windows 10 and putting their eggs in that basket. Thoughts on that? I feel like Windows, I feel like Microsoft has tried for years to get into the mobile market some way, The whether it be with the phones, which I think we discussed before, which I like them. They're, um, mm -hmm. what were they called? Loom, Loom something? Lumnia? Lumnia or something? Yeah. yeah, like they look cool. They, Microsoft, they've tried and they just have like seemed to have never been able to get traction with these um, yeah. more mobile versions of Windows. Um, 
And what? I, I I agree. I have a um a friend that had a Windows phone and absolutely loved it. Right. And but you're right. They just haven't had the traction. Um, and it's hard to compete with it with Apple and Android out there. So um, it's just a trying to get into that market when you're. I don't want to say too late to the game, but you're kind of too late to the game at this point. But on the other hand, as even this article mentions here, Windows has still been successful in the desktop space. Like, yeah, you can't really be sad for them because they're actually doing super well in yeah. just the everyday desktop and laptop devices. Yeah. Um, well, and video games. They're successful in many categories. Yeah. yeah. So they're not suffering. It's kind of like they're just doing something. They're doing very well. Yeah. And the not mobile space. So it's kind of like they keep experimenting and trying to get in this area, but they're not suffering. It's yeah. like, yeah, like they're not, I don't think they're making a bad product in the, mm-hmm. in the mobile thing. Um, but I just feel like for me, if I'm going halfway to a Windows device, I want to go all the way to a Windows device. Yeah. And I don't want to, I don't want a, a mobile device unless I can do everything that Windows can do. Yeah. And that might be part of the issue is that um, if there's people like me, I, I don't want Windows. I think we talked about this before, but Windows is kind of, kind of fighting with Windows because I get a Windows PC because I can do anything with it. It's the, the has the most support for most applications. And these stripped down versions of, of uh, Windows, they look like Windows, but you actually realize, oh, I, wait, I can't run my business software on here. I can't run yeah. such and such software in here. Well, and, and they're truly yeah. designed to, I mean, check your email and go on Facebook and, and, you know, maybe create a Word document. But that's, and that's okay if that's all you're doing. Yeah. And you want a small compact device to, and uh, Chromebooks, it, it, as well, like they're designed that you can get the basic work done. But if, yeah. as soon as you need to start, maybe you want to edit in Adobe Premiere, that's just not going to happen. Or yeah. um, so as soon as you need to start adding larger pieces of software to your computer, it's just not going to happen. And I think they're great for getting your homework done. But maybe beyond that, there's they're, uh, <laughs> they're not that great. I, and maybe I don't know what the market size is for computers like that. I know um, the computers at the middle school over here, they have a ton of Chromebooks and um, they're great for students for doing their homework, but then right. you take them to the video editing class and you can't really use them, right? So Right, right. And, and that, I think that's where it needs to get to the point is if they can strip down this Windows experience so you're not getting crippled when you need to go into video editing software, even if the video editing software runs slowly, whatever, as long as it's possible. Yeah. Um, and if they could strip down windows so that you're not crippled in these areas, then I think that'd be good. But if, if, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sold on them for myself. Um, I would, I don't know. I, I want the yeah. full windows experience if I'm buying a Microsoft. Uh, yeah. Windows. Especially if you've used it before, it's hard to go backwards. <laughs> to have less features. Yeah. All right. Well, Stephen, our question of the day. What is it? Our question of the day. Drumly. (laughs) Would you wear a robotic eye? (laughs) And maybe we should add to this question. 
in public (laughs) (laughs) or at home just to try it on and use it. No, I'm going to ask you, would you wear a robotic guy? I would try it at home just to see how it works, but out and about, there's no way I would wear that. I would, I'd rather be Michael Scott and fall into the koi pond than wear that <laughs> robotic eye into a meeting. So you'd rather, yeah, you'd just rather have a disaster than be seen wearing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to say no. I, it, it, I don't like the idea of something. No, I don't even no. like, I'm going to say no. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go with the no. So you're a maybe. No, I'd wear it at home to walk to the kitchen and try it on. <laughs> but out and about, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, but is it, do you really need it at home to see if you're going to like walk into somebody? No, I just want to see how it works. Could you imagine your whole family wearing like these robotic eyes and you're all like not even looking at each other? You're just all day just like looking at I'm phones. talking about for five minutes, not, <laughs> not like, like all day. Going, going to the bathroom, the robotic eye. <laughs> no, that's just creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I just... <laughs> Sorry, a little too far. <laughs> so, I, but I, I think the technology is cool and I like where it's going. Maybe it can be incorporated in your phone that your phone warns you if you're going to step in them. Off yeah. Of that might yeah. be better. But. I, I, actually, I actually could see that in the phones themselves, having a sensor, not in the camera. And yeah, and that kind of thing probably. Is I think that's, go. I'm waiting for version 3.0 and at that point. So. Yeah. So I'll Maybe. use it in version 3.0. awesome well that kind of wraps up episode nine of the tech chit chat show i hope you enjoyed watching and listening on youtube and all the podcasting platforms um remember to like and subscribe we'd love to hear your comments and especially here on youtube we'd love to see your comments on here so um yeah thank you everyone for watching and listening today until next time take care and happy tech chit chat talking. Oh man. Bye bye.